Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Press Row. Jonah Siegel here in a beautiful, sunny, yet chilly Seattle. Uh, no longer the, the Wuhan of North America. Things are relatively quiet here from a corona perspective. We're still getting cases and unfortunate passings, but certainly not the alarming numbers of other states and cities. Uh, happy to report that everyone in my household is feeling well. And thrilled to be joined by the voice of your Toronto Raptors, Matt Devlin. Matt, how are you? Doing well, Jonah. Thanks for having me on. And it is a cool, blustery day here in Toronto. And uh, heading into week number five. I would imagine that at this point, you're just happy to have someone other than your family listen to your voice. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. I've actually been uh, quite busy between, you know, doing different Raptors Digital, uh, Sportsnet TSN Digital, uh, podcasts, interviews. And so actually, uh, we've been you know, busy, you know, over the course of the last, you know, probably I'd say two and a half weeks, the first week and a half, everybody was kind of settling in. Okay. Hey, what direction are we going to go? What are we going to do? And as you know, they just spent the last 24 nights showing the 24 games for the Toronto Raptors and the great run. And it culminated last night into uh, game six or with game six. So uh, that was a lot of fun to revisit all of that. Have to, I have to expect this has to be very surreal for you. Uh, I would imagine that there's numerous times you're a father, you've got kids, and they're not young kids, so they're, they're kids that miss having their dad around, and they're all in activities. One's off in college. Yeah. Two are at home, both playing meaningful sports, heavily involved in, the, in their schools. Same with your wife. And suddenly you're at home which could be a really good opportunity to actually be re-involved in their lives because the majority, you know, 50% of your time you're gone and yet your hands are tied. Yeah. Well, I've, as my family uh, and you know them all, um, you know, I think we try to look at it from a positive standpoint that this is, you know, an opportunity for us to be around one another in a time at which we typically aren't. Uh, I think the big thing for us when uh, everything was kind of rolling out was making sure that our oldest son, Jack, who is a sophomore at the University of Iowa in the REACH program, it's called the UI REACH program, which is a program for children with special needs, students with special needs, young adults. And it's a two-year program. And then they also have a, a year three and a year four. Fortunately for him, we were heading into March break, and so he was planning on coming home. We were able to get him home. That was a huge relief as everything began to roll out. Uh, you, you know Jack. Uh, Jack is uh, a happy soul and a wonderful uh, young man that works with the Iowa basketball team and, and also uh, interns on campus at their rec complex. And then for for uh, for students, and then also goes to a program that uh, allows you know all of the students that are in the program sixty to learn life skills, 
and that really is something that uh, has been extremely meaningful, not only to us, but then also to uh, Jack. And as you know, the Big Ten Network actually did a feature on Jack, which was uh, really special for us. So that was really our, I think, our number one concern. You know, our, our middle son, Ian, is in grade 12, and Luke is in grade 10. And while their seasons got cut short and, you know, they were heading into a time at which they, you know, were looking forward to, I think they all understood exactly uh, the significance of this. And along with that, you know, for Ian, you know, it's grade 12, right? And so we all remember grade 12. Uh, but I think they all understand now that uh, what this all means and, and why everyone is doing what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, there's tremendous lessons to learn. But the most important thing for all of us, you know, obviously is that our family is together. And, you know, that was something that my wife Erin and I were certainly focused on with Jack not yet back after I had gotten back from Utah, was making sure that we were able to get him home uh, from Iowa. So I don't, I don't usually, uh, I don't interrupt my guests. Uh, I was about to interrupt because I actually implore everyone that's listening today uh, to Google Jack Devlin, University of Iowa. Um, I can't remember what that, there is a hashtag to it that they use. You can watch the YouTube video. I think it's about 12 minutes. Yeah, in total, it's uh, the Big Ten Network. Uh, they have a segment called The Journey. That's it. And Fran McCaffrey, who's the head basketball coach at the University of Iowa, uh, you know, I know through different friends, inclusive of my wife, Aaron's brother, who's an assistant coach at the University of Minnesota, had known Fran for years. And when Jack showed up at the program, uh, Fran was nice enough, when I say program, the REACH program uh, was nice enough to say, hey, look, anytime Jack wants to come around, you know, just, uh, you know, tell Jack, let us know. And because he was new to the program and there were a lot of demands, you know, the first year, you know, he would be there. But this year, it really went to, you know, another level. And uh, there's just some unbelievable people there. Uh, the University of Iowa is a special place. You know, there's uh, the, you know, the, the line from Field of Dreams, you know, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. And every time I go to Iowa City, Jonah, I actually... I, I just feel good. Um, they they also have what's called the Iowa Wave um, that at the uh, end of, I think it is the first quarter, uh, where they turn an all-wave to the Children's Hospital from Kinnick Stadium, which like is that. just outside. Yeah, And that's another thing that you see. And you just get a sense of uh, what the university is about and the people that work for the university. And uh, it's it's moving stuff. And, and for Jack... Uh, when they had reached out uh, to uh, Aaron and I about doing a feature on Jack, I just wanted to make sure that, that it was about Jack and it was about the program. And so there's no mention of the Toronto Raptors or any of that in there. And uh, that's because it's Jack's story and it's Coach Fran's story and his um, his players who – really have wrapped their arms around Jack and so much so that uh, you could be on campus and uh, a player that plays 
uh, for uh, Coach McCaffrey. You know, you, you could be walking down the street and they'll see Jack and they'll run over and talk to him and, and say hey to him and stuff and tells you a lot about uh, what the, uh, you know, what the principles and what are being taught, you know, within that program are. So it is, it, it's, a, it's a really cool story. And Jack, as you well know, Jonah loves sports. I mean, he's probably uh, the reason why his two younger brothers are so into sports because Jack is uh, about sports 24-7, that's for sure. Yeah, so, so for those who don't know, Matt and I met some 12 years ago when... Uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long. We're going to have a bar mitzvah together, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, NT. NT. So, so Matt was away and uh, I, was, I was coaching my son and I was in the locker room early and this woman said to me as I was tying my son's skates, would you mind tying my son's skates when you're done? You're one of the coaches. That shouldn't be a big deal. And I was like, no, of course not. Happy to help out, which of course led to, to the question of where's dad and dad's on the road. Oh, that's cool. Where you, you know, we just moved to Toronto. Where are you from? You know, and you hear New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, and I hear North Carolina, and I was like, what? <laughs> Nobody comes to Toronto from North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, listen, you, you, your entire family were, were great. I think the boys were on the same team four yeah. or five years. Yeah. And uh, got to know all, all the boys. And, and we were the, the best house league team that had a manager, stick boy, and cheerleader on the bench that year. I remember it well. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. A lot of fun. Good days. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how, you know, we moved here in 08 and 12 seasons in, here we are. It, time does, as we both know, truly fly. So I'm going to ask you a strange question. And, and, may, and maybe, maybe you've thought of it, maybe you haven't. Uh, this isn't rehearsed, but clearly sports is in your blood. Um, you were living in the States. You have an unbelievable career, uh, a true testament to um, want, you know, sticking to a goal, never giving up, you know, rolling up your sleeves, taking chances, you know, all the things that great stories are talked about. But if I said to you 20, 30 years ago that you're going to be the play-by-play -play guy of an NBA franchise, you'd probably say, yep, that's going to happen. And you wouldn't be cocky for saying it. But if I told you at the time that you'd have two kids who are, dare I say, elite, if not exceptional, hockey players, yeah. you probably would have looked at me like I had three heads. Um, probably look at me the same way I would have told you that the entire nation or world would be shut down from some yeah. modern day plague. Um, curious, have you ever thought how much of it is about location, location, location? And if you were living in Southern California, would the boys be playing football or baseball and hockey never would have come to it? Like, do you think talent is talent? Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of different levels to that. I think Jonah that quite honestly, if we hadn't moved to Toronto, they wouldn't be skating and they wouldn't be playing hockey. I, uh, when I was very young, uh, lived in Boston and lived in New York city and we skated a little bit and uh, you know, you played street hockey, but then the family moved to California and, and it became, you know, more and more difficult to do those sort of things. So when you think back to, uh, you know, Jack or oldest being born in New York, and then we went to Memphis, uh, I worked for the Memphis Grizzlies, where my two other sons were born. And then we 
moved over to Charlotte, uh, you know, we would go to Charlotte Checkers games and, and that, but I don't know uh, that they would have ended up skating. Uh, they were already playing, you know, baseball and soccer and basketball at that time. And so really, when we moved up here, uh, my wife's originally from Chicago and I'm originally from New York. I was out on the road uh, doing college football games. And I remember uh, she called me and said, hey, look, you know, we're in Toronto. You know, they should really uh, learn how to skate. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. And signed him up, you know, for a can skate uh, over at North Toronto. And then one thing kind of led to another. And, Early you know, I think that, great coaching. Come on now. call. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's so important when you're new to any city or town uh, to really open yourself up, just like you have uh, to your surroundings in Seattle, open yourself up to what that city has to offer. And it really allows you, um, I think, to get ingrained earlier and then also develop relationships earlier, right, which are so beneficial. But as, as you know, from starting out a career, you know, I started in Abilene, Texas, because somebody told me, go to a small market and work your way up. There's only 30 teams. Uh, and baseball doesn't have many teams and the NFL doesn't have many teams. So the location of those teams, uh, I remember uh, being a young announcer, uh, meeting Jerry uh, Howarth and Tom Cheek and, and Tom and Jerry were unbelievable to me back in 1993. And, and so, you know, I didn't think of Toronto as being Toronto. If you're from uh, the United States, I, I have cousins that live in Toronto and Peterborough. My wife has a cousin here. Uh, in the city of Toronto. So for us, it was just a great opportunity. And, and with our older son, Jack, uh, which was extremely important, uh, there were uh, resources that, uh, from a schooling standpoint, this, uh, that were really beneficial, a school uh, called Brighton Academy. And so for us, that was really the first thing that we looked into. And it really met all of our uh, criteria met his needs and, and it was easy to say hey let's pick up and go and then as far as the sports stuff my thing has always been I really think that there's a benefit Jonah to being a part of a team and I call it uh, lessons of a locker room you know life is a lot like a locker room right and you know one day maybe I'll write the book about it but you know you have to sometimes play for a coach you don't get along with or you don't see uh, eye to eye with, but sometimes you have a boss that you don't get along with. They don't see eye to eye with. And sometimes you have to play a certain role that maybe you want a different role, but that's also life too as well. And, um, and also the ability to sacrifice for one another, for the greater good, all those sort of lessons, how you learn to navigate um, a locker room uh, to me, are valuable lessons as you then become older. Certainly, they were for me, and then you get into the workforce. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I think you're probably being a little bit modest. You've got two kids, you have three exceptional kids, don't get me wrong, but from an athletic standpoint, uh, one's been drafted into the oh, OHL. Two. two, two have been drafted okay, to the OHL. So, so look, like, you know, you know, maybe your real last name is Sutter. <laughs> um, no, but no, and, and I'm not. I'm not promising grandeur. And, and, and you know, one of the things that I like about you best is that you're very well grounded. 
Yeah. Uh, and you and I have both experienced some of the crazies in, in youth sports, uh, mostly at the parent level. Yeah. Um, but you're grounded. But let, let's be honest, like they're both playing at very high levels and have done exceptionally well. Uh, and I don't know if either could go to the NHL, but both probably all things being equal, non-corona non uh, notwithstanding or corona notwithstanding, uh, both could probably go on and either play junior and or U.S. college athletic should, that, should they so desire. And they're both at good schools and they've got good educations. They have good heads on their shoulders. Well, you but know, they're playing at a high level. Yeah, you, look, I, I appreciate that. And you know me well enough, you know, where, you know, I typically don't go down this road, but I'm extremely proud of all three of my sons and specifically uh, Jack, who, you know, every day uh, is, is, you know, presents itself. I, I you know, I, he always has first time enthusiasm and that's always wonderful. Uh, and, you know, uh, he just is, you know, to me, a, a hero. And Ian and Luke, you know, to their credit, they work hard. Uh, Ian, as you well know, I mean, he was in grade one when he was doing can skate. Grade two, he was playing house league, having really never skated before. In grade three, he was playing tier four select. And, you know, when you go back to tier four select, which they won the cities, as you recall, going undefeated, I'll never forget, I was fortunate enough to be home and um, we uh, went to the game and they won the game and we go into the locker room and the kids, everybody's going crazy. The parents are going crazy. And I look at Ian and he's just sitting there and everybody's congratulating everybody. You know, you won the cities and, and uh, here he is eight years old or whatever he was at the time. And I'm like, come on. Oh man, be happy because he wasn't really happy. And he said, Dad, he goes, We're tier four. <laughs> yeah, we went 36 and oh, but we're tier four. And so that old line of getting in the car and the kids are just happy to play and all that, that wasn't my car. I don't know why, but he was just like looking around going, and anyway, the long and the short of it is he um had an opportunity. Uh he played uh AAA eventually uh, played one year of midget, was an all-star, had an opportunity to sign with the Barry Colts uh, this past year, uh, decided not to do that, played with the uh, St. Mike Buzzers instead, uh, where he put up, uh, you know, he had a good year. And so I think he's, you know, leaning toward the NCAA route. Um, and that's by his choice, not mine. And then my younger son, you know, Luke has, you know, played AAA and uh, recently got drafted as well into the OHL by the Hamilton Bulldogs. And, um, you know, he's excited about that. And we'll see kind of what that brings uh, as, you know, we continue down the road. But, you know, to me, you know, the, the sports angle of it and their passion for a game that, uh, you know, I know a little bit about, uh, you know, I drop them off and say, you know, work hard. <laughs> Uh, and and listen to your coaches. Uh, the rest of all that stuff uh, is really about them and their passion to play the game. As you know, they both play other sports from, you know, rugby and basketball, and uh, they did give up baseball some years ago, soccer, and, and then all of a sudden your schedule kind of gets a little bit too busy uh, for them to continue with everything. 
Um, but, you know, Ian was in grade 12 and right about now he was going to be heading into his rugby season uh, with, you know, his classmates at his school. Um, and Luke, you know, was in, in that same mode as well. So, uh, but they enjoy playing. And to me, that's the most important thing. Uh, there's always, and th this could be said for somebody, you know, that uh, works in a profession uh, like mine because it's subjective and, you know, athletics, unless you're talking about the elite of the elite is extremely subjective. There's, you know, value in chasing a goal and a dream and whether you reach it or not, nobody knows, nobody knows if they're going to reach, you know, their ultimate dream and or goal, Jonah, as you know, but there's value in the pursuit of it. And so I appreciate the fact that, you know, those boys, you know, uh, love the game and have a passion for the game uh, and are pursuing their dreams. And I think that there's uh, a lot to be said for that. Well, somebody a lot smarter than me, and it's usually used in a negative connotation, once said that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, and uh, in, in the case of your three boys, you guys have done well. I, I, I'm sure you guys put your heads on your pillow every night, especially now while you're in town, uh, taking solace in the fact that you've raised three good boys who are, who are growing up to be good people. And I think uh, that's a testament to both of you. Well, well, thank you. That. Uh... We've known each other a long time, so that means a lot. And, and as you know, that's more their mother than it is me because I'm on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let, let's, uh, I'll let you take a deep breath there for a second. You know, these are uniquely strange times for sure. Uh, but the matter of home security is, is still real. Uh, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can sit home and wait for someone to come into your house to fix your alarm or install it, which I wouldn't recommend right now. Or you can go to Simple Safe. The two-time two winner of CNET's Editor's Choice Award. Uh, it's cheap. It's easy. If you can get on a Zoom call, you can set up your own home alarm now. And that's something I don't think we ever thought we would say. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and sure you go to simplesafe.com slash team. That's simplesafe.com slash team. From SimpleSafe and all of us here, wishing you safety and good health. Uh, that's that one. Let's see. Here's one that I can really speak to because I use it a lot. And that is, uh, our friends over at LinkedIn. This is a very challenging time where lots of people, as you know, you and I both know are out of jobs. Um, and one of the most costly things you can do is making a mistake when you actually do the hire. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. Uh, it's not in the speech, but I'll say a bad hire can also have an impact on you for years to come. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. Uh, LinkedIn job screens candidates with hard and soft skills that you're looking for. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. It's a no wonder. A person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. That is incredible. And why companies rate LinkedIn jobs the number one hiring platform to delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com, again, slash team. Again, linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Yes, terms and conditions do apply. Now, you and I spent quite a bit of time together on the road, Matt, various tournaments. I think the last one we were in was in Detroit where the boys got to raise the cup at the Joe, old Joe Louis Arena. 
And while out with the guys, we'd always talk about betting on this, that, or the other. And um, while, you're, while you're sitting at home, there's also things that we can bet on. You didn't know that, but yes, you can. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you can. You can bet on eSports. I know you and Aaron are huge American Idol fans. <laughs> there's Big Brother, God Help Us, The Elections, The Spelling Bee, and yes, the $750,000 poker series. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to see a bonus. Sign on again. That's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. You can tell the success of a pod by how much, how many ads they have to do. So this is the first time we've ever had to do four. You're the benefactor of that. Ah, here's what I can tell you. We're now in the time where all we do, Matt's sitting in a really nice, comfortable sweatshirt. I'm in a, a hoodie myself. Uh, True Classic Tees are my new favorite brand. They're based in LA. It's a t-shirt company that's on the rise. They're soft. They hold up in the wash. They're versatile. And you could wear them out if you're ever going out. You can wear them to work. Are you working to work out? Wear them to work out, I should say. The best part, they're cheap. They start at 15 bucks. And now I've got a deal for you. Go to True Classic Tees. I'm speaking slowly for Matt so he can write this down. TrueClassicTees.com. Use the checkout code BLEAV for 20% off. That's B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. So we've talked a little about you and the family. A year ago today, uh, the Raptors started their, uh, their last playoff run. Yeah. And as we were chatting briefly beforehand, uh, game one didn't go so well. Um, Kyle Lowry uh, went scoreless that night. And uh, a whole bunch of people were thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. What a difference a year makes, huh? Well, certainly. But you go back to that game one, Jonah, and, you know, as you noted, you know, the game unfolds and leaving the arena that night, I think everybody felt, oh, no, here it is. And as you said, here we go again. And I'll never forget. The next day after practice, having an opportunity to speak to, to Nick Nurse. And when you go down the line, you may recall a little bit later on in the playoffs where Kyle Lowry actually mentioned how Nick had gotten after uh, the team a couple of times, just a couple of times during the course of the season. And one of those times was after game one. and. I think that the team really responded. That's not typically his approach, right? Uh, but it was a team that had bigger things in store. Everybody knew that. It was a team, Jonah, as we all know, that had players that had already won a title, had a reason to believe that they could win a title without San Antonio around them, uh, had players like Kyle, like Marcus All. Uh, that had come up short reaching the finals. And then you had players like Serge Ibaka, who had been to the finals with Oklahoma City in 2012. And at that time, I think most people believed that that would be a, a Thunder team that would make multiple trips to the NBA finals and had never gotten back. And so you had this collection of veterans. You had a rising star in Pascal Siakam and, you know, Nick, you know, felt that that was the appropriate time to 
uh, get after the team, and they responded. They responded by winning four consecutive games against a very well-coached uh, Orlando Magic team. Their head coach, Steve Clifford, is a coach's coach, and uh, their length uh, certainly disruptive in game one. But the Raptors, they're a better team. They know they're a better team. Uh, and they literally, uh, game two, it was like, okay, this is it. You know, we, we need to move on. And, you know, and that's, Jonah, what they did. Uh, they took four or five, and uh, they didn't look back. You know, it's funny. We can't uh, – nobody can talk with any degree of certainty as to what's going to happen the rest of the way, let alone tomorrow. Um, but I wonder, with, with uh, Kawhi not being around, it almost feels like it's too bad – if we don't get to see how this team would do in the playoffs? On well, the look, I think that there's motivation um, and a collection of players that believe not only in themselves, but in the coach. And I'll take you back to game one against Philadelphia, if you don't mind, in that second round. I don't know if you were going to go there uh, a little bit later, but that to me was the hardest uh, matchup that the Raptors had in the postseason. That one really tested them because of the roster construction. The Philadelphia 76ers were big and long. And in hockey terminology, they play heavy. Yeah. And the Toronto Raptors ultimately had to match that. And so what did Nick Nurse do? He went to Kyle, Kawhi, Pascal, Serge and Mark playing together. Serge and Mark had played together all the 31 minutes uh, during the regular season uh, after he was acquired uh, from Memphis on February the 9th. And so to me, you know, that really speaks to uh, the ingenuity of Nick Nurse, the realization that you have to be adaptable and you have to be somebody that goes into a game, yes, with a game plan, However, there has to be multiple levels, not only an A plan, but a B, C, D, E, and then you have to adjust and have the ability to adjust on the fly, but then also, you know, really that reserve to say, you know what, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this. It's very much like what we saw uh, with him uh, in the NBA Finals when he broke out the box in one and triangle and two and all sorts of other different defenses that typically aren't played in the NBA. So to me, that spoke to Nick, it spoke to the players and their resiliency. And then as you now look at this team, you think about a team that has the fifth most player injuries in the NBA. And here they are with the third best record in the NBA. And it really says a lot about their resiliency, which we learned a lot about during that playoff run, Jonah. And it says a lot about the coach and the coaching staff and just also their passion. And we can talk about numbers. Uh, so many people love it. The analytics, we all love to break down numbers. I don't. I don't like doing that. Yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I, I, I like to break down some numbers. But – there's one thing that Masai Ujiri demands, and it's one thing that Nick Nurse demands, 
and they find the players that fit this, and that is a compete level. They have a high level of compete, and the Raptors do play harder than other teams. They just do. I, I see it on a nightly basis, and that level of this is how we do it here. This is who we are. When you think about the NBA, I think about two other organizations that have that sort of, you know what, that grit of this is who we are. You want to play here. This is how we play. And that's Miami. The Miami Heat have had that since the day Pat Riley walked through the door. And they have the ability to be consistent in that. And then I think San Antonio as well. And then you add Toronto to it. And that speaks to multiple levels of players drafted late, players undrafted, developing players, uh, the ability to get players uh, to understand the importance of, you know, this is who we are as an organization. And this is our goal at the end of the year. And when you think about all of the pressures that Nick Nurse walked into as a first year head coach at the NBA level, man, did he do an unbelievable job. And Masai um, Ujiri and Bobby Webster and the scouting staff, they were just magnificent. So you can't talk to Matt Devlin and not talk about the bounce. How, how, how many times do you replay that? In, like, you, you can't, you know, there's only one Tom Cheek moment. Yeah. Right? There's only one time that Joe Carter's ball goes over the wall. How crazy was that? Not just to watch it, but to call it. Well, you know, at that time, Jonah, you're in a game tied 90-90. There's 4.2 seconds left. So you go through the basics, right? There's 4.2, no timeouts remaining, no fouls to give. If the shot is missed, you know it's going to overtime. But then ultimately you're just really reacting to what you're seeing in front. And on the television side of things, once that shot was made, right, you want to lay out and allow those pitchers to really tell a story. And so, uh, I mean, I I remember it in slow motion as he got it up top and Kawhi made his move toward the right wing and Ben Simmons was there who essentially handed him off to Joel Embiid and Embiid seven foot three outstretched arm. You think back to Kawhi Leonard, who typically shoots a line drive jumper, right? Not much arc on the shot with perfect spin, a spiral to it, and rotation on the basketball, how he's now fading deep in that corner in front of the Raptors bench, a high arcing rainbow shot that the ball doesn't come off perfectly as far as with the threads. And there's not a tremendous amount of rotation but those rims are soft and they're (laughs) soft on that end of the building. And where Leo and I were sitting after the second bounce, because it first bounced short, then went bounced long on the far side where we were sitting, it certainly looked like it had a chance. (laughs) And Leo and I mentioned, you know, we talked about this after as we're kind of, you know, after we do our post game hit and the whole thing, like, Hey, did you did you think that thing was going in after the second? He's like, yeah, I thought that thing was going in after the second, and I thought it was really fascinating, Joan, on on a multiple levels because it's the first time ever that that shot was made, um, game seven of a NBA 
game seven, game-winning shot, and you think about that. And then you think about the reaction of Kawhi, who never really lets anybody in. And whether it was 10, 15 seconds, I'm sure for him it seemed like a lot longer, he allowed himself, right, to feel that moment. And then in the post-game presser, he actually gave us a window into who he is as a player when he said, I typically don't like to show emotion, right? I typically want to act like I've done it before, but I had never made that shot. And somebody just told me that that's the first time that shot has ever been making in the NBA, been made in the NBA. And so I allowed myself to show emotion. And I thought that was just fascinating. He allowed himself. That's how calculated he is. That's how in, in the moment and disciplined and all that. And, and so it was, uh, you know, from a shot, game-winning, uh, moment, time, all those things within the history of the Toronto Raptors, uh, to be able to call that uh, was uh, a privilege. Because you never know that those things are going to happen, and that's always a great thing about sports. So, I'm going to play you a clip. Hopefully you can hear it. I want to make sure everybody stays calm right now. Okay, please stay calm. We're dealing, I'm getting information that we're dealing with the situation that's not far from here. This is serious, and I wouldn't be here interrupting this without saying this. So if everybody, please... Stay calm. We're going to provide an update, and I apologize. Like, you don't have it in front of you, and you're in front of Larry Tannenbaum. Yeah. But, like, the look on his face, and there's a guy on stage with him in a you know, black pants and a Raptors jersey, uh, probably coordinating this whole thing. But holy hell, man. What was going – like, when – Well, I, 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 it's not the same thing, but – I. I his luck and your luck is akin to the guy who whispered in W. Bush's ear on 9-11. Well, yeah, different, right? Um, it's just the look on your faces. Like what, when you, you, got, you got an earpiece in your ear, what's happening? Well, as we all know, um, you know, the parade. Uh, <laughs> took a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it took a little longer. And, and so by the time they got to the stage, uh, you know, I met with some of the players, asked them what they wanted to do. We we're kind of going over, you know, the script, talking to production as to how it all wanted to, how they all wanted it to unfold. And, and at that stage, obviously, of, of the, the day, I was introducing all the dignitaries and Mr. Tannenbaum, the chairman of MLSE. And I was standing on the side across from the production crew. And I was on the side where I was standing by a lot of members of the RCMP, right? Because of uh, the prime minister being there, Justin Trudeau. And in my earpiece, I was told that we needed to uh, get Mr. Tannenbaum off the stage and we needed to 
end the uh, ceremony that there was an emergency. And so I look across and I see the individual that's telling me this and they're like, there's an emergency. We have to stop this right now. And so at that point, Jonah, I was thinking to myself, what is the emergency, right? People have been there for a long time. You know, is it somebody in the crowd? Is it, you know, what is happening, right? Because that will change ultimately how you address the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. If I need to move people, um, if I need to instruct people to do certain things. And so I make my way behind uh, where the team is sitting to that side. And I asked, what is the emergency? And they said, we don't know. And there was a gentleman there uh, that did have a walkie-talkie up to the authorities and and he got on it and he said uh, Matt uh, Matt Devlin has a question for you so I grabbed the the um, the walkie-talkie and I said um, you know what is the emergency and they said there's a gunman at Queen and Bay and so I said okay thank you and so I then turned and and I'm not far at this point from Mr. Tannenbaum, am I 10 feet, 12 feet? And I just knew that, you know, my mother always said, your words matter. And so your tone and your words matter. And as I went up to Mr. Tannenbaum, I said, you know, excuse me, Mr. Tannenbaum, I apologize, I, I need to interrupt you. And then fortunately, Anton Wright, uh, who uh, works with all the teams with respect to in-game uh, production was right there behind me, uh, which allowed me after initially having a word with Mr. Tannenbaum, who was so gracious, understanding exactly that there was something bigger at play that allowed me then to get out onto the stage. Um, and then Anton then um, relayed uh, the seriousness of the situation to uh, Mr. Tannenbaum. There's so many different levels, by the way, Jonah, to this I, I truly believe that the number one reason why, um, you know, while there was panic on the back end of Nathan Phillips Square beyond the Toronto sign, and I could start to see some of that unfold as I was on stage, I went back and, and watched the video, I don't know if it was a couple days after, and Quite honestly, there's a shot of the prime minister that looks off to his right. And you have to understand, when I'm on stage, I know that there's RCMP surrounding the stage. I know that there are um, up on the rooftops uh, as well, right? And I thought probably, you know, he doesn't get credit. The RCMP doesn't get credit for the fact that he didn't leave the stage. He actually turns to his right and he just nods his head and says, okay, which clearly in my, and I haven't had this conversation with him, but he got the okay to stay. Yep. And that to me was extremely significant because as we know, I could say whatever I wanted up there, but if the prime minister gets up and leaves, we all know that. Or if he's know, rushed if, off. 
yeah, this is going to get, you know, this is going to escalate. So fortunately, on a multi, multiple levels, um, the people from, as somebody described to me later, you people from the Toronto sign in were listening. Um, and I've heard so many heartbreaking stories since then and people reaching out with so many kind words. But fortunately, you know, people, um, you know, stayed where they were. Uh, from the Toronto sign in and fortunately didn't escalate to another level. And, and that's because obviously the Toronto police department acted swiftly and the prime minister stayed where he was. And just all of that has to happen in order uh, for it to unfold the way it did. And while, you know, people, you know, give you credit for this at the other, I know when you're in situations like that, that your words and tone matter, and then other things have to be aligned, um, and they certainly were, and, and thankfully, uh, no one else was injured, and uh, you know everything ultimately uh, was able to to go on. A couple more questions for you. Being be respectful of your time here, um, you you're in a unique situation. You spend, if if not as much time with the team as you do with your family, more. Um, you see them in all sorts of instances. Um, some, some I'm sure you talk about, some you don't talk about, it's part of your gig. Forget the who, but at what point did you know that Kawhi wasn't coming back? Forget the official announcement. At what point had, would you say to either your wife or you'd say to yourself, man, he's not coming back? Well, that's a good question. You know, I think like everybody, I hoped that he would want to return. But I think that the word that you always got in the back of your mind was that he was going to go to L.A. because he wanted to go to L.A. And as much as all of us as fans want him to return, because you know that with Kawhi, uh, the team would be able um, to get back to the NBA finals and certainly have an opportunity to win. By the way, they still may be able to, right? right? We're not in a current situation, right? But you have arguably the best player in the game, and he was the best player in the uh, 2019 playoffs. So I don't know that I ever had a sense of when he was going to – if he was going to stay or if he was going to go – but I, I do think back to a lot of the just conversations about that, right? Yep, that's what, why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, about what you hear. But I'm not saying the, the ones within the team at all, because I don't think anybody really talked about it. It was, here he is, he's here. Everybody lived in the moment. That was one of the things about the Raptors. And you saw that after every game, how they reacted and responded. You know, and, and certainly Kawhi Leonard set that tone, hey, we win a game. We're not done yet. You're down 0-2 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Where are you going? Back to Toronto for game three, right? <laughs> You're right. It's always, you know, Nick Nurse comes in after game two. Hey, they got one here. Let's go there and get one. And he says, ah, forget that. You know, let's go get them both, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's so many different specific moments that I think that everybody is very respectful player to player within an organization of, hey, it's their right as a free agent to choose, right? And it was very much like 
living through Chris and his ultimate decision to leave, Chris Bosch. And that no matter what, as, as much as you hope that he would stay, you just heard, you know, rumblings, consistent rumblings that he would be leaving. And so, you know, he ultimately did. And then Kawhi ultimately did as well. And, and that's his right as a player, as a free agent. You hoped, you know, as a fan of the game that he would stay with the Toronto Raptors. You would hope that winning it all, uh, he would say, you know what, let's, you know, run it back. But he decided otherwise. And, and I can't say that there was ever a moment where I said definitively, okay, he's not coming back. Um, you, you hear too many different things in both directions. So I never thought that he was definitely leaving or definitely coming back. I, I guess I just sat back and ultimately Jonah and waited to see what, you know, would happen. I think like everybody, you're a little bit disappointed, but then you also understand the makeup of this team and what they're about. And, um, you know, it, it's to me, it says a lot that they are where they are. And, and um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you had him for one year and he delivered, the Raptors delivered around him. Kyle delivered, Pascal and Fred and, you know, Mark and Serge, who was so big in game seven against Philadelphia, was 17 off the bench. It was just a magical two month ride. It really was. And I don't, think about it in any other terms and you know that was a lot of fun to witness all of that well let's let's listen to some other fun You guys have a lot of fun on the air. You're going, you're going way back now. Fortunately, if you, if you tell me what game that was. I, I'm telling, I will be, or the year even, I will be really. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. It was. Um, this is seven years of winning, and so it was prior to that, uh, for sure. Probably year four of uh, when I was. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably year four. Jack and I uh, having some fun. You know, it started, I want to say we were in Detroit and we came back early from the break and they were playing Bon Jovi and we didn't really realize we were on the air and we were just singing along and and then everybody kind of responded to it. And then the next thing, you know, uh, we kind of had some fun with it. And I always say this, Jonah, that the game dictates where you go. Uh, You're never bigger than the game and you have to be prepared to go in different directions. And at that time, the team wasn't what it is today or what it has been over the course of the last six, seven years. And so you're having fun, you're entertaining. And that's still a component of our broadcast with Jack and Leo, but the game dictates that. And the game has evolved and changed in that a 20 point lead isn't what a 20 point lead was when we did that. And so there's different balancing acts that you go through. obviously because of the amount of the three ball uh, with, you know, the amount of shots that are taken, but you, you still have fun and you're there for 82 regular season games and you want to have fun and fans are tuning in every night. Uh, And then when the playoffs start, 
uh, you know, you could tell like, hey, look at, you know, it's the playoffs. And, and the same thing. I, look, if it's a tight game, we're not singing Bon Jovi, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about what's happening in front of us. So there's a, balance, a balancing act to that. And, and uh, it's something that you learn, I think, over time. Well, I think, I think the, the tribute in my mind is I've been fortunate on numerous occasions to see you at work on the road more, more than I have in Toronto, actually. Yeah. I've, seen you in more, I've seen you in Portland a few times. I've seen you in L.A., California, various cities. And the response that you guys, you guys get as much of a response, different, but as much as a response as the players do. Well, uh, one thing about the Raptors, they travel well. Look, I've said this for, you know, I've said this for 12 years. They're the best fans in the NBA. I'm not just saying that. They travel, and and they travel to every game. They were traveling before uh, it was a team that was winning the way that they're winning now. Uh, says so much about um, their fans. And you think back, at, you know, people ask me all the time about, you know, is there a moment from – uh, you know, that finals run and, and there's a lot. And, and I think often that it's not just me, Jonah, that have, that has a lot of great stories from that two months. It's all this, you know, the fan base, right. Yep. And you meet so many people, whether we're in Phoenix, LA, Portland, when we go West, just like the blue Jays, right. When you go West, you have Western Canada there. And when we go East, you have the Maritimes there. And, uh, you know, so every, wherever we go, there are Raptor fans. And uh, to me, that's what makes this so special. And I think that the players really understand that and they respect that. Uh, and uh, it's the best fan base, period, in the NBA. There's not one that's even second to it. It's, it's that good. Well, I'm not sure if you've seen this. I'm going to try and uh, – it doesn't help the folks at home. But I want you to be able to see it because I've never seen it before. And it is really hilarious. So you're not kind of just squinting at me. Okay. But I'm not sure if you've seen this. This is, the, this is the greatest thing that I've seen on the internet as it relates to you. The next time you need directions and you're looking but. for a chance to get out and go, download the Matt Devlin GPS Map Devlin. Map Devlin is the only app where Matt Devlin yeah. personally... From Jay and Dan. <laughs> Manitoulin Island. It's all good. Reroots instantly when you're making a wrong turn. Reverse. Compliments you when you're doing well. When you're ready to leave, we'll help you. Return home. We'll be there in a few hours. And also let you know if your car is exploding. Exploding. And that is just fantastic. I tell you what, Jay and Dan uh, and their producers put that together. It was absolutely hysterical when I first saw it. Uh, they did a great job with that. It's a lot of fun. Look, at it ties in all of Canada uh, when you shout out those towns and everybody is in cities. Everybody's so appreciative of it. Um, means a lot that you're able to do that. And, uh, you know, I hear from people even – 
you know, today on Twitter about, you know, shouting out, you know, their town and their city. But by the way, Jay and Dan had a lot of fun with that. And I was laughing when I first saw that. Well, I can tell you that uh, I say this all the time, especially on Twitter. No matter how the team is doing, Raptors fans are the most blessed of any Toronto sports team. Uh, both radio and TV, you guys are a special group. Uh, you can tell you guys truly, and gals, truly enjoy what you're doing in each other. It comes across, and I can tell you, like, in my own household here, the number of times where I walk in and, and we pay for the NBA app, so we get all 82, almost all 82 games uh, with you. We get, you know, we're the only people that are ticked uh, when it's a national game because then we don't get you. Yeah. Uh, and we don't get the playoffs either, which is really annoying. Um, but the number of times I'll be walking across the living room when I hear either you with the, you know, your, your calls or, or Jack or, or any of the group, and it, it's just awesome. And uh, from all Toronto sports fans, we think, Canadian Raptor fans, uh, you guys are the best. We really miss you. Uh, good to hear that your whole family and your kids are safe and keeping well. Not going to spend one second asking you to predict what's going to happen. Lots of people can talk about that, yeah. but it's been really awesome catching up and, and, and good seeing you again. Jonah, thanks so much for having me. Best to your family and appreciate your kind words. And hopefully uh, we'll be back at it at some point. But uh, until that time, everybody be safe. Thanks, Matty D. Thank you, Jonah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.